Just F It. Hi, I'm Romy. Hi, and I'm Carla. And together we are the, the Epic Madres. We are here to invite you guys into stories of some inspiring Madres who have changed their lives through an F It moment. So here we go. Just, Just F, F It. it. Good morning. Good morning, Carla. That was such a mellow good morning. It was a good morning. (laughs) It's like the way to just like tone it down for me right now. (laughs) That's okay. It's a Monday and this is what Monday feels like sometimes. Sometimes it feels like that good morning. Sometimes it's like, what up? And then sometimes it's like, oh, it's Monday. But it's Monday motivation. Yep. So it's Madre Monday and we are... Two madres sharing stories of madres, different stories, unique stories, personal stories that matter, that create the community that we are a part of and growing, and that community is motherhood. So, yes, indeed. Who do we have on today? Who's our madre? So, her name is Zana Carbajal. She reached out to us, and um, she is obviously a madre. And I'm very curious to know more about her big effort moment because she said that it is, she is sharing her journey out of mom guilt and into wholehearted living. So it's a little vague, but I'm really intrigued and I want to get to know exactly what that means. For me, I'm thinking maybe she just said, fuck it to mom guilt, which is, yeah, which that's would be very, it, yeah, that's what it sounds very like. interesting to be able to take that on because that's a very hard thing to do but I don't want to make assumptions we'll get her on we'll see which and she was gonna be right on in just a minute all right everybody we have Zana and again silently in my head I said banana because she (laughs) said my name rhymes with banana so now I have to say banana Zana in my head (laughs) banana Zana (laughs) so welcome Zana to our podcast I am so happy to be here. I literally had been training for a marathon last year and listened to your podcast throughout my run. So it's like an honor. It's an honor. Oh, thank you. Well, we're honored to have you. And because we had mentioned we we like to just jump right into it. So we're going to ask you our first question, which is, when did you decide to just F it and why? Who girl. Okay. So my (laughs) F it moment was really around the way I was raised in an organized religion. So I grew up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, aka Mormon. Um, And if you're unfamiliar with this church, but like most Christian churches, women have a very clear purpose. It's very much about being a mother, a nurturer, a helpmeet to your husband. And I grew up in a divorced household, and I saw how my parents' marriage ended multiple times. And I just always had this ambition within me that I wasn't going to get married young, that I was going to have a career. And then the babies came. (laughs) I had my first son at 26, my second at 30, and then I had twins at 32. And I was in this, I was in this space after my second son where I just felt an immense amount of guilt, where I... It's like, I I felt like I should be living the gender norm that I grew up believing that mothers should have, but yet I was having this career and I had my bachelor's degree and I was finding success. And so it wasn't until I was pregnant with twins that it was like, what am I doing? If I have these two little girls that are looking to me to be wholehearted adults and these two little boys that are looking at me and their father to be wholehearted adults, why am I in this space, right? 
Um, and so I think the, the birth, the pregnancy and birth of my twins is when, when I said F it (laughs) and I started really pouring into, um, you know, feeding every aspect of my being, my mind, my heart, my soul, my emotional well-being, um, all the other religious stuff kind of went out the window. (laughs) Wow. That must have been very hard coming from that very conservative background. Like, I'm curious, I know this isn't one of those questions, but like, did you suffer any backlash? Big time, big time. And it was, it was, there was a cracking of the shelf little by little. So I'll tell you that because my parents didn't match like the the mold of, you know, the religious upbringing, they were divorced and my mom ended up even getting kicked out of the church. So I grew up in this like nuanced space, but there was always this like wishing and hoping that I was the perfect little Mormon girl, even though deep down in my heart, I wasn't, I've Mm. always been very inclusive and curious and open-minded. Um, I was a cheerleader. I was a gymnast. I was in theater. So you can imagine like my group of people were very loving and welcoming, but um, I always wanted to feel like I was part of the fold, even though I was on the fringe growing up. And it wasn't until I actually got a cheerleading scholarship in Hawaii. I cheered for Hawaii Pacific University, go Sharks. And I was on their competitive cheer team, went to Daytona, my first two years and then got cut my junior year. And it was like this moment where I was like, oh, this is what the church taught me. I'm being cursed because I haven't been living in harmony with what the church believes. So I need to go all in. And I went all in. I became a missionary. <laughs> I, you know, right after I finished, I got married. We had kids pretty quickly. And so it was like this identity shift where I was this outgoing bubbly cheerleader, friends with everybody, curious, open-minded, living her best life in Hawaii to this, you know, they call them mormonjas in Spanish. So like Mormon little nuns, you know, like I had dresses down to my wrists and past my ankles. It was just like totally living this conservative life. And it felt like I was an imposter for, for a minute. Right. And so I think that when, when I had my little girls, I think that's where I kind of woke up from being an imposter because I don't think I, you know, even from birth into my childhood, into my teens, into my early twenties, I didn't really identify, um, as this conservative Mormon girl, I identified as this, as this more open-minded liberal thinking, inclusive girl. So I don't know if that answers the question that you initially asked. No, but that yeah, does. That's and it, would, it would lead into the next question, which I feel like you kind of touched on already. I feel like you really explained a little bit of how you feel and like what you did, but just to cover like what exactly was the moment and what did you do with your family when you, when you did this, when you decided that, fuck it. Yeah. I think the effort moment happened in the pandemic. So I had one-year-old twins and the tornado of life, right? Like we get into this rhythm, this rhythm as moms where we're taking them to school, we're taking them to church, we're taking them to activities, we're grocery shopping, we're working, we're, you know, just swirling, swirling, swirling. And when the pandemic happened, all that stopped. Church was canceled, like work. (laughs) We worked from home. Um, They didn't go to school. I was teaching them how to go to school. And so I know a lot of people struggled through the pandemic, but like it gives me chills thinking about that moment where everything just paused. And I realized I looked at my husband and I was like, 
we're getting along better. <laughs> we talk more, right? It's like, we're always running to all these things. And it's like, they don't even matter. They don't even fill our cups anymore. And they're teaching my little girls to, you know, not that being a stay-at-home mom is bad. There's so many people that are stay-at-home moms and love it. But if that's not what they want, don't force fit them into that, right? Let yeah, them just yeah. be them. Um, and same with my little boys, right? If they don't want to be the provider and the, you know, the this and that, they don't have to fit into those gender norms if they don't want to. And so that's when we, my husband and I decided that we were done. We were done with organized religion and we were going to teach our kids to be wholehearted. Oh, I love this. I love this so much. And I, I, it's so, it's so powerful because I mean, I, I, I grew up in the church. I'm religious. I'm a Christian, but I've also seen what exactly what you're talking about. And I think it's so important what you just said, even like your son seeing that and your daughter seeing that and like, what a gift to be able to offer both perspectives as well, to have gone through that and to be able to offer both, both ends of that, you know, girl, we try and how did it make you feel? I'm trying to like bring all the feelings in it. I felt a lot of things, right? A part of me was evolving, <laughs> dying. Um, it hurt my family a lot. I think my my parents still just worry. I think there there's love in it, right? They worry that when a child is raised outside of an organized space that they're going to choose drugs and prostitution <laughs> and all these things. But I wholeheartedly believe that it's who they surround themselves with. And if at home we are teaching them about, like I still teach them about religion. We, um, luckily my mom was very open-minded and we would always go to a new church on Christmas because in the Mormon religion, you don't really have like a Christmas church service. There's not like a Christmas mass. You just do it the Sunday before Christmas. And so she always took us to other churches. And anytime we traveled, she's a flight attendant. So we've been all over the world and she'd always just, you know, we'd go by a Muslim mosque. We'd go by a Jewish temple. We'd, And so I was just exposed to other religions. And that's like what I'm giving them now. Right. And so I, I, yes, it's hard. <laughs> um, I think mostly within the relationships with my family and kind of helping them go through their mourning process, because I was like the perfect little more, I grew into this perfect little Mormon girl, the girl that went on a mission, married in the temple, uh, <laughs> was like, I had like three, they call them callings. So callings are like volunteer positions in the church. I was the director of public affairs. I was the president of um, you know, the, I was in the presidency for the, like the youth and with the, the primary or like the little kids. So I was like this token little perfect Mormon. And then I'm like, I quit. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. It's interesting that you say like, I was this perfect Mormon. Cause it's, it's, you're the perfect something you've you put yourself in a category as opposed to being like the perfect you, which I feel like is essentially what you had to find is the perfect you, not the perfect Mormon or the perfect Christian or the perfect Jew or the perfect, the, the perfect you. So there's such a, a beauty in, in identity. We've been talking about this consistently lately with mothers. It's been such a huge topic that we feel really, really moved by right now. And I, I think your story is such a, a, such a journey of identity and finding you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, I'm happy that you brought that up because basically it sounds like you were living a false identity up until you had your twins. And then you were like, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. So fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I have found myself, which is, it's just, it's funny. It's like the, uh, like my journey so opposite. Like I knew who I was. Then I had a kid. I'm yeah. like, I don't know who I am, you know? <laughs> so it's interesting that you would, with your children, you, you finally fell into who you truly 
truly are. So that's really, that's really amazing. I love these stories. Yeah. We've been, we've been having these like really come up and yours is so clear and and, in tune with the things that we've been discussing over the last few weeks. It's really interesting that, that you're sharing that. I'm yeah. really glad to hear that. It it truly was a journey with identity. I couldn't agree more. And it it was a brutal journey, but I'm glad that I'm here. And I think one, I'd love to share this quote that I found. Um, it, I don't know if y'all are fans of Brene Brown, um, but she has an incredible podcast yes. as well. Not only are we fans of her, but Carla and I are big fans of quotes. So your quote is welcome <laughs> yeah. in this space. And we were like, I- yes, I would like to move on to the next question, but yeah. we will always welcome a good quote. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. this this is the quote that like put me in check. This is like the effort moment of all moments. So she quoted, um, I think his name's Carl Jung, who is a psychiatrist or psychologist. And he said, the greatest burden a child must bear is the unlived life of its parents. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, girl, that that really, you know, I was living the life that the church wanted me to live. I was perfect mm-hmm. in their standards, but I was not living the life that I was destined to live. Therefore, if yeah. my kids are looking at me to, to understand life and I am just a shell of a person and doing what the church is telling me to do, how are they going to even know how to figure this shit out? Yes. Again, this is so in line. And this is what I want to ask you with the next question on that. By you realizing that and by you, all of us, I think, have had this moment or want this moment or maybe we'll have it. And if you haven't, but this is such a huge moment, like by by coming to that, what did it do for your family when you fucking realized you matter? (laughs) It brought us closer together. Um, I even remember my son kind of getting the identity kind of beat out of him because my kids are wild. Like we are high energy, like let's go to the beach. Let's just be in our underwear all the time. Like we are crazy, right? Um, And the kids, like even in church would be their wholehearted selves because I think they saw that version of me at home. But then at church, it was like, okay, be quiet. Keep your shirt buttoned. (laughs) And at one point, one lady like kicked my like three-year-old out of Sunday school because he was too much. And I'm like, come on, y'all. Like, these are little kids. We're dealing with little kids here. Um, So I'd say my kids, like, do not like church. (laughs) They were thrilled to not have to go. Um, And it's put us in a space where we can, again, teach them to be more open-minded and be aware of what else exists in the world and not just kind of have one one strand of thinking. So I'd say it brought us closer together and it's helping me create a space for my kids to be more open-minded and well-rounded. Yeah, I love that. I, I, I think that we've talked about this too, Carla, and what you're saying is so key. But like once you are in tune with you, like any of us, moms, dad, whoever the parent is, you can truly be in tune with your kid and you're, you're teaching them yeah. so much more than walking around acting like the parent you're supposed to act like. Mm-hmm. And so what sort of fears came up for you when you finally decided to say F it? Did anything, did anything come up? Y'all, I'm the kind of person that when I get into an F it space, it's like, we're done. <laughs> like any relationship yeah. I've ever had, it's like, okay, yeah. we are broken up. I yeah. never want to speak to you again. Here's all your things back. Like, so I don't think I've been in a space of fear. Um, I think there may be more, I think I felt more anxiety. 
I think mm. I felt more anxiety and, and maybe a little paranoia, par- sorry, excuse me, more paranoia um, than I ever have before. Because I think in religion, it's like, it's how I've made it make sense to me is that it's man-made, in my opinion, to help us navigate life. Because no matter mm. what religion you are, no matter if you believe or you don't believe, we have ups and downs, trials and blessings, right? And I think that when I was all in on Mormonism, I knew what my life plan was. I knew what was, you know, I knew what was going to happen after. And letting go of that, I think, brought more anxiety. I don't know if I felt fear or like doomsday, but it was more like, oh my gosh, like I don't, I don't know anything. <laughs> um, and is, 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 am I, you know, do I have enough information to help these kids still live a happy life or find the journey to happiness? Because happiness is not a state of being we can always be in. Um, but Mm -hmm. we can lead ourselves to happy moments or what I call my podcast bloom moments. So I think that's kind of, it's shifted instead of me kind of pushing a religion on them. It's more about how do you live a wholehearted life? How do you tap into your mind, to your heart, and your emotional well-being, to your soul? Because all of us have spirits um, and your physical needs, right? Um, so, yeah, again, I don't think it's fear. I think there's just some anxiety here and there that we feel. I mean, it's really important too that we all. I'm in the. I'm in this as well, but like that we kind of let go of the the game plan the written rules to life, whatever religion that comes from our home that we grew up in or parents, you know, however that may look, a lot of us end up in a, this is how it's supposed to look. These are the Mm -hmm. rules. This is when you buy a house. This is when you get married. This is where you go to school. This is how you're a parent. And I think so many of us into our motherhood journey go, fuck it. Like, nope. (laughs) You know, I'm going to, yeah do this my own way and figure out what that is. So in regards to the effort moment, how do you stay moving forward in this effort momentum to continue and to not look back, just keep going forward? I love that effort momentum. (laughs) Um, The the answer to that would be therapy. (laughs) I signed up for therapy. Um, I'm unpacking a lot from my childhood that again, as a good little Mormon girl, I was kind and humble and, you know, didn't make a fuss and just push that shit down. Right. And so now it's, we're unpacking, right. We're unpacking, we're tapping into um, different energy in regards to, Hey, what, what is possible? Right. I had for 15 years wanted to run a marathon and just, you know, didn't think that I was capable. I needed to do it with a certain amount of people. Like I had at one point I was planning and a bunch of friends were going to run. They all bail. I talk myself out of it. And it's always been this regret. Well, girl, my effort moment years and this effort momentum, we signed up alone. And then all these people came and ran with me, right? And so I did it, right? I got my medal. I made it happen. I started a podcast. I'm in grad school. um, And I find time to be with my kids, right? And be present. Um, And also like help them understand boundaries because sometimes mama's got to do homework and you've got to do homework. But that doesn't mean I don't love you. It just means that right now in this space, I need to do something for me so that when I am with you, I am wholeheartedly present with you. I am pouring into you versus, you know, always being stressed out and screaming at them. So that's been the, the effort momentum that we've been building over the last several years. 
Mm. I want to I want to just react to that because it's fresh on my head. But that momentum that you said, that effort momentum, Carla, I know you and I can feel that. But once you start saying effort, it really is a real thing. And I want everyone listening because I can hear it in you. Like I can hear your joy. I can hear your excitement. You start a podcast. You're running. You're doing what you want. You're being you. You're effing it, effing it, effing it. It's like something happens when you take that first little effort step. And then you're like, fuck it. I did that. Well, I can fucking do this. I'm going to write this yeah. book. I'm going to do this podcast. I can fucking throw a madre of it. Like you just start doing shit because you've got this state of being now that's like, why the fuck mm -hmm. not? So anyone yeah. listening, like it, when you hear her story and you hear all these mom stories on here and you haven't had that moment or you're in the midst of wanting that moment, it really is a fuck it momentum that starts mm -hmm. and that ball just starts rolling. But if you don't say fuck it and get it rolling, you can't experience it. So it, I just yeah. love that you shared that. Yeah. It, yes. I'm very happy that you shared that. It is. It's like a, you can see that it was like a light switch that went off for yes. you and which is exactly for us and all the moms that we've talked to. It's like literally it just goes off and you almost just can't, it's almost like you just can't go back because you no longer have this, this pending fear that you like had before. What are people going to think? Like, what are people going to say? I don't Now You're like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, I just <laughs> don't give a fuck. <laughs> and it's just so liberating to finally have that. That's why we want, like, we want people to hear your story and get motivated to have theirs because yeah. it is fucking liberating. Like the J you walk out of that jail cell of life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah. we both saw her speaking with such excitement about the things that you're doing. And like, that's, what's so beautiful is seeing a woman, seeing a mom, like be fucking excited about their life and what they're doing and not feel trapped. And motherhood isn't a trap. It's not this wall that we've put ourselves into of, of mm -hmm. you know, it's just not if we can fuck it. I mean, yeah, we're all fucking crying over the dishes. We've talked about it. Like, yeah, we all <laughs> want the kids to go away sometimes, you know, and it yeah. sucks. Like, let's just be real. But yeah, if you're really in tune with you, it's so much more fun to be a mom. But but also not just that, the lesson that you're teaching your oh. children is invaluable. Like you are teaching something to your kids that is like, I saw my mom and she was happy. I know I saw my mom and she was not happy. Like, I don't want to be that mom. I want to be like, I want my daughter to see me doing the things that fill me up and make me happy because she's going to realize that that's an important thing she needs for herself. Yes. And that is not selfish. Yes. And that, that does bring me into the final question of what we want for, like, what would you say to a woman who's listening to this, who has maybe relates to what you've gone through? You know, what would you say to her listening? What's your advice? You are the main character in your story. And though you might listen to mine, maybe maybe you don't need to leave your religion. Maybe your religion brings you joy. You don't have to copy, you know, my story. I think a lot of times we try to do that. We just template match. <laughs> and you need to figure out where you want to go and then reverse engineer a path to, to get and have that hero's journey. So often in the Mormon church, I heard about the hero's journey from the male point of view and homegirl was back home with the kids, making dinner, doing the dishes, cleaning the house. And I knew that that would not fulfill me, that I was made for way more than that. And I wasn't somebody's supporting actress, though I could support them in their movie. I would be happy to, I love my husband. My husband is such a support system to me, but we each had to find our own path to live our very 
best, most authentic, true lives. Um, and so that's the advice I'd give is you all need to dig in and figure out what you want your story to be and then go F and do it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, that is a great advice. I was- Stop living in other people's confined ideas of what you need to be and just do you. Yeah. And stop trying to emulate. I think that's important. Like stop trying to emulate somebody else's life. Carla and I have been really big about the individual journey right now. And like mm-hmm. it's in, and us all still being one, you know? Yeah. So we don't and need respect, to Yeah. Them. Respecting each other's like we're bonded by motherhood, but we all have totally different journeys and that's okay. Like mm-hmm. everyone's going to have a different journey. Don't judge. Don't like, you know, don't try to give people suggestions on how they should do things like just be like great I love that not my journey ask for your fucking opinion yeah fucking giving it you know can we make that like a rule within motherhood like unless I fucking (laughs) asked you how I should feed my kid to please don't give it (laughs) because we're all gonna do it our way and we're all gonna figure it out our way and we need to make more space for that and if you don't want to be in that church and in that religion and you want to dance around in your underwear with your kid. I mean, for fuck's sake, please do that. You look so happy. (laughs) Yeah, you really do. Your energy is like so authentically pure. Like I feel energized just like looking at you and hearing your laughter. Yeah. You have joy that just comes across. Yeah. Whatever you're doing is working. We are so grateful that you took this time to come on here with us. Um, we would love to let everyone know where they can listen to you more. I know you have your own podcast and share that because you have such a beautiful energy, such a beautiful message. And again, like we're really grateful that you came to share that. So would you let everybody know where, where can they follow you? Where can they find you? Of course, there's a couple places. So my personal page is Casa Carby. So you can find us on YouTube and Instagram. Uh, my podcast is called The Strong Sunflowers. We have a website easy peasy the strong sunflowers.com um you can also find us on instagram and we are we just launched last year in spanish so los girasoles fuertes if you'd like a little a little spice to your life you can go listen um and yeah we'd love to hang out with y'all we we have a lot to give the world and Giselle is 10 years younger than me, y'all. And I'm I'm 37, she's 27, but we are like besties. <laughs> and Aww. we love to give kind of that perspective from like a single person that's divorced and a married person with four kids on how to live mm. your most authentic life. Wow. That's beautiful. I love that. We have yeah, yeah, we are definitely that is so in line with with like the things that we love. I love that you guys did it in Spanish. I love, I love that you're doing this. Like that sounds amazing. Yeah, we're doing it, and we we can't wait to have y'all on the podcast too. So come I mean, excited. I can't wait for that either. That's we're gonna be so, so much excited. fun. Oh my god! <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm literally saying it in my head. Bananas, Anna. Bananas, Anna. <laughs> like now, permanently in my head. <laughs> Whatever helps you say it right, I'm all for yeah. it. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here and filling us with joy because I really am like, I have, I feel like I'm going to close my computer and be like, that was so great. You know, yeah. just like walking to make my tea. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And this is where we all say just, just F it. it.